Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. With uh, my co guest host, Jill Atwood. Hi there. Hi there. Glad to have you here. You know, so I'm getting questions as to what the name of my fantasy football team is. I'm not going to tell you, but. Uh, Cornholio is the part I can tell you. So if you know who Cornholio is, you'll figure out the rest of it. But uh, we have uh, our producer, Robin Garfield, is in here with us. And sh- Robin, you were up on Capitol Hill I was yesterday. up there last night. Yeah, I uh, was up there till late last night and back in here early this morning, which is the mark of a, you know, you're a journalist when you yeah, can't remember when you've left. Like six hours on the hill, something mm-hmm. like that. What wow. time did the session end yesterday? You know, we got out earlier than I thought. Uh, it started at six and everything was wrapped by nine. Uh, which is impressive for one of these. We thought it was going to go back and forth between the House and the Senate, but they uh, they got things done. Okay. Well, let's have a, a recap. So what were some of maybe the more emotional moments, kind of those those hot-button issues? Well, you know, uh, and I talked with Dave and, and Debbie this morning about this. There were other things discussed than just medical cannabis, but obviously the main issue at this special session, special uh, legislative, led, I cannot say that word on air, legislative session. Well uh, done. Well thank done. you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> was uh, the Utah Medical Cannabis uh, Initiative uh, Senate Bill one zero zero two was the one being discussed? It, you know, it was interesting in the Senate uh, session. Um, Senator Vickers gave, came, uh, gave his his the, you know, the revisions that he's put into it, and then they do they do question and answers. And I did think it was really interesting because this is such a hot topic in Utah. There, I, I've, I haven't been to one of these in a while, but it did seem like the air was a little more tense and the reaction mm-hmm. in the gallery was a little more gasping at some point. You know, uh, there was a, a Senator Hilliard, uh, Lyle Hilliard, uh, spoke to some of the problems he sees with, with medical marijuana, and he made the uh, what some call the slippery slope argument. Uh, marijuana is a gateway drug, at least all these other things. And in in the gallery, there was just this kind of gas. Oh, not that argument. You know, uh, so it was kind of right. fun to be well, there. Why are we still having that argument when the, the voters have passed an initiative that says we want medical marijuana, we want access to medical marijuana? And there's proof that it helps people in, in great pain. Yeah, and, and I think that was a big topic of discussion. And, and to the lawmakers' credit, I, they have gone through these. It wasn't just, I mean, that was one little slice of the arguments. But most right. people were talking about, we have patients who desperately need this this medicine. Uh, from a medical point of view, I know a lot of people roll their eyes because they think there's going to be a lot of just casual users signing up for cards. And, and there will be that. But there are people in Utah, in our state, uh, who have spoken to this, who are in need of solutions to chronic pain, chronic back 
problems. Um, and a lot of the senators, um, uh, minority uh, leader Maine, Senator Maine spoke to the, the need, the responsibility we have to provide this uh, service, this, this substance to the people in Utah who need it. And bottom line, they're going to get it some way. It's it's better that they get it legally because marijuana is not going away. No, absolutely not. And right now we have, you know, there's such a, a surplus of people going over the borders to our neighbors uh, on either side of us where you right. can get it recreationally. So we need at least from a financial point of view, bring those tax dollars to Utah um, and, and regulate it as, as the uh, lawmakers are working on. Well, how much does the federal government figure into this? Because when I was running for Congress, one of the things that was so frustrating when people would ask me about my position on medical marijuana was the fact that it's still on schedule one. Federally, so it's so it, Schedule One is the list of drugs that have no medicinal use and cannot be studied, and so it's still illegal on a federal level, even if it's legal on a state level. Does that come up? Quite it a- absolutely did, and um, we've seen that play out in the news recently, where there's been a few health departments saying we're not going to deal with this in Davis County. Um, they there was a mention last night of something, and I need to go re- do some more research on this, but the phrase "federal waiver" came up. And, and oh, interesting. It, it, a in waiver context, to Schedule 1? Yes. And in context, and like I said, I need to go look this up more before I speak too uh, authoritatively on it. But it seems to be that there is this idea floating around that states could very well get a, a hall pass from the federal <laughs> government. You know, is saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're not going to. And now, you know, the prosecution isn't really going to happen federally and the state level. There's, I mean, it's an interesting relationship, isn't well, it? Well, you, you, you see the states that have legalized it. You know, I just I right. just came back from, uh, from Washington State where you have marijuana stores all over because it's legal for both medicinal and recreational use. And you don't see the specter of federal prosecution hanging over any of that. And I don't think you would see that here. Well, and in Colorado, they just funded their public education system through marijuana sales. Yeah, and they're recreational, which has right. opened up uh, you know, a lot of right. tax revenue on that. And we just I don't sure. see that happening. No, here. not no, in Utah for I, a while. I, I don't. But coming from California, you know, and, and all of these states, and, and they spoke, someone actually asked in the uh, uh, press they did kind of a Q&A after uh, uh, Senate President Stuart Adams and uh, uh, Brad Wilson sp- or, uh, uh, spoke to some of these questions. And one of the reporters said, how does Utah compare to the other states as far as rolling out? Has it been more complicated here? Has it been less complicated? And they said, you know, every state has their own unique problems when it comes to medical marijuana. Uh, Colorado took a long, long time to get it medically passed and then recreationally passed. So Utah's about on par with with the other states we haven't been the slowest we haven't been the fastest but we know how many states there are now that have legal i don't have that number i I was wondering that too if anyone knows please text us text it in five seven five zero zero search to here on my phone while we're talking i I trust our listeners i think someone's because they told me all about francis peak within a second so so they're going to get to us with regard to how many states so what happens now where where is it going now that's a great question so last night uh there was a unanimous vote in both the house and the senate to move forward with this revised bill uh, and now it goes to, they need signatures from the governor and from the Speaker of the House and the, the President of the Senate. Once that happens, then March 1st, it, it, everything's lined up. However, that, and they spoke to this many times, that does not mean on March 1st everything will be, I mean, if we don't get enough licenses out. It's going to take a while to ramp up. It's going to take mm-hmm. a while to ramp up. If, if we don't have enough growers ready to, to move product on March 1st, it, it could be a while out. But as of right now, if all the signatures go through, and it could be a few weeks to get those lined up, uh, March 1st will be the date. I'm assuming there were a lot of folks up there last night, um, uh, proponents of the medical marijuana, um, speaking to it, pleading. 
there were so last night was just lawmakers uh, speaking, but in the gallery where I was sitting with the press, there were a, a lot of people from the community in there who I oh. recognize from news stories, um, advocates, children were there. What were you hearing? You know, well, I, I didn't talk to any of them, but just it was interesting. Like we spoke to earlier, the energy and the, the reactions because you're not allowed. You, know, you can't applaud in the gallery. You can't make. Yeah. You have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. It's essentially mm-hmm. like you're in a court. You have to, but. You could tell the reactions from people and the, the people sitting around me who would shake their head when the comment would get made and just put their heads and their hands in their head like, oh, we've heard that argument. Or they, you know, pump their fist when they heard one they liked. Well, from my perspective, even regardless of where you stand on the issue, one of the things uh, with regard to medical marijuana, one of the things that's so frustrating is to see the legislature take Proposition 2 and take that as just sort of a nice suggestion. When that's not what people were voting well, for, and this was not a suggestion. A little bit of a defensive because in the press conference, someone did. They mentioned, "Hey, it seems like we, we kind of broke things there after the election, and now it seems like what we just did was go back to what proposition to two what proposition was. two yeah. was." And, and the lawmakers, oh no, no, this is different than proposition two. Well, but for, for lawmakers to stand up and say, "Well, you know, this is a gateway drug," or this, that, and the other, the, the time for those arguments was when the the public was trying to decide whether or not to Absolutely. vote on Proposition 2. We made a decision. We, we the, the argument is over. Let's the start people. implementing the will of the people. Yes, the people spoke. Right, and they and they were quick to, to speak to the fact that this is not a perfect bill, and there are still no some things. No bill ever is. No bill ever is. There's no such thing as a perfect anything. But they there will be some changes and tweaks over the next few years that we're going to have to make in Utah. And as we see federally, things are going to be evolving and changing. Well, what do you, what do you think the tweaks need to be? What are the problems? Well, we're, we're still speaking to this issue of, of licensing and pharmacy and who will be able to actually distribute it. Now it's 14 pharmacies, but then, of course, somebody made up the point, made a good point that why regulate the number of pharmacies at all when we have CVS who can distribute opioid, you know, opiates? Why right. are we regulating this as such a so differently than any of the others? So I think we'll see in the next few, at least maybe years, if not months, the discussion back to how many people can actually distribute it, how many people can actually grow it. That, there's some pain points there. There's also the issue of this um, Utah State Portal online where they will be tracking all the transactions and there's a lot of pushback from um, medical cannabis advocates saying why is the government going to be tracking these things so so heavily why are this you know it sounds very much like big government which in right. Utah we don't like that term right big government so there will definitely be some tweaks and and trial and error you know like every state's had Colorado everybody moved things around a little bit after the fact well you know I, I appreciate you being up there because I know I, I've sat up there on Capitol Hill a number of times and your eyes end up glazing over, and it's only for the diehards who understand what's <laughs> happening. But this, is, I think, is an issue that, that has galvanized people in a way that I haven't seen for a very long time on a state level. And people feel very passionate about this, and they're very frustrated with the fact that the federal government is being recalcitrant, with the fact that the state government isn't willing to abide by the will of the people, and that there are people in need who are, are, are being ignored as people play politics. Is that is that kind of the sense that you're getting? Absolutely. And I think, you know, being there and then <laughs> Sunday night I put my kids to bed and I sat down and read as much of the bill as I could. It is lengthy. Uh, you know, as much of the ins and outs as I could get my, my brain around. But I do feel like there is a, a an education. Too many pages for any man to understand. Sure. Right. But there is an That's educational Hamilton component right um, that needs to happen, I think, at a state level. I don't, you know want to call any demographics but there are certain groups i think we could um you know maybe people in a generation where you know it was pot it was all these you know it was it was looked at as this gateway drug when things have you know research has changed and i, I do think there is a conversation we had there about education well appreciate your report on that Thank when we you, get Robin. back we're, we're going to get into the next thing about okay when the state lets you down what happens when you sue the state we'll get back to that when we come back from in for in, inside sources